Welcome to The Tech That Connects Us, a podcast dedicated to the stories of leaders in the technology industries that bring us closer together, specifically content and media, satellite and news space, connectivity and cybersecurity. Your hosts are me, John Clifton, Laurie Scott and Will Trenchard, the founders of Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm focused on these exact industries. We love being a part of them and we're excited to share these stories with you. Welcome to the Tech That Connects Us. Your hosts today are me, John Clifton, alongside Will Trenchard, co-founders of Nuco, and we're delighted to be joined today by Matt Westrup. Matt has been in the world of TV since the mid-90s, initially as a cameraman before moving into operational roles at the likes of the Travel Channel and Scripps Networks. He joined A&E Networks UK in 2016 and is currently their VP Technology and Operations for EMIR. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, guys. So to get us started, we love to go right back to the beginning. Um, so you graduated from University of London's Goldsmith College in History and Sociology. So how and why did the route into TV begin? That is going back quite a while. I haven't thought about that for a long time, John. Thank you. Um, so I was at the time uh, working at a uh, video production company uh, that made uh, professional continuous education VHSs um, for for the professions for for, for law and accountancy and um, uh, so on and so forth surveying and so on and so forth. Um, and so I worked actually in in lead lead marketing, which is like making 150 calls a day to people who really don't want to have anything to do with you, uh, which was great for morale. Um, but they had a, a video production unit, um, you know, sort of attached. And, and, and honestly, it was, you know, the production assistant had a week's holiday. And I kind of, I just said, oh, do you mind if can I just file the, the clippings? And is there anything, anything I can do? And um, so got into it that way and, and sort of did the running on the shoot days and did the filing on the other days. And, and, and it, it grew from there, um, really. But I just, I just found it was, I was kind of sitting in the other office doing this thing and watching this this magic take place in in well as i saw it and the first time i went on a on a shoot in those days they were kind of like you know location shoots were, were quite a big deal two camera shoots makeup lights um you know whole kind of uh, cast of production and they had, they would have turned some lawyer's office into a mini studio for the day and it was at that point i walked in with the sandwiches for the first time and kind of went through the, what, what I saw was this chaos, this forest of, of, of stands and kit and cables and people. Um, and then in the middle of it, I'm trying to work out, is it, this doesn't seem like the kind of glamour and, uh, you know, of, of television. And, and you sort of realise as you walk through it that this whole carnival is there for this, and this at this point, four by three square that made any sense at all out of this whole thing. And, and it had taken weeks to get to this point. And there was at that point, I thought, oh, I'm up for this. This whatever, Whatever's happening here, I want to know more about it. Wow, love it. Uh, <laughs> so, Will, over to you for some more. Brilliant. And, and then as from that moment forth, Matt, was there then a, uh, a light bulb moment for you when you either realised yourself or it was suggested to you that you were rather good at this and, and could make a career out of it? 
Yeah. So once, once I got there was a um, a pivotal mentor early on in, in my career, a guy called Tim Ball. And if you're out there, Tim, hi. It's been a, far too long since we said anything. Uh, and he sort of came in and, and, and changed everything around. And it was just at that time when the, the, the first digital camera came out, the VX1000, this little tiny handheld thing, which all the kind of cameramen were very grumpy about because that wasn't that couldn't possibly be broadcast. Uh, and that was at the point where I did some training and suddenly this thing was in my hand. And, you know, I was very lucky. Actually, I was, you know, in contact and working with some brilliant ca camera ops who, who just shared their knowledge with me. Uh, and I just, you know, absorbed it all. And that, that was the moment when, when I think when I started shooting and it came back and it worked. Uh, and not always, but, but most of the time, that, that, was at the, that was one pivotal moment, but certainly the, probably the first one when someone trusted me to go out and come back and do something. I, I was, it was thrilling, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, been, there's been so many changes within the industry. Do you ever sort of reflect on that at all? And, and you know, it moves at such a pace. Are there things either that um, you sort of hold as the, the, the biggest changes within the industries and or things that maybe you, you, you miss from those times? Yeah. Um, so I think actually that, that, that was a, I think I, I manifested one very big change right there actually when suddenly the technology shrunk massively mm. and it, it took a long while for the for the industry to kind of work out what the best use of all that was and it's iterated now to a completely different kind of but that but just the production technology has has really changed but framing and uh, glass and light and storytelling and performance are eternal that none of those things change mm. uh, and being able to produce content none of that changes um, I think, you know, looking at, looking at it from, from what, what I do now, you know, some of the big changes, of course, have, have been the consumption side of it, how people consume it, and, and, and the massive increase in the importance of data uh, driving both, both the, the content supply chain and, and the um, curation yeah. uh, and commissioning and, and distribution of content. Those have, they've, those have been some pretty big changes. Right. And, but no, and in, story, storytelling is, is, you know, that hasn't changed really. Yeah. Yeah. And in amongst all of that, you know, you, you've played a, a, a pivotal role. Is there a particular achievement in your career that you're, you're most proud of? I should say career to date that you're most proud of. Hmm. So there, there are probably a few at different times, actually. And going, going back to those days in, in production, um, you know, I think of certain programs that I worked on that I'm very proud of. Um, but I think, you know, working at Travel Channel those days, making, making that um, transition from production into operations and being, being part of, I didn't realise it at the time, actually, but, but, you know, going from you know, my last shoot and then hanging up my lens and then, and then kind of going, doing that whole thing of file-based workflows, as it was then called, uh, and, and you know centralized storage that was shared and, and IP working and uh, non-linear editing, remote play out all at the same time. I think that was definitely one thing I was proud of. And then and then again d doing something similar at scripts where we kind of you know really kind of um, created something completely different there. Um, but going straight away, to just just recently, I mean, just you know, putting all our play out in the cloud here at A and E was 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 a massive moment, and it took a really dedicated, brilliant team that I'm lucky to work with. But that, you know, things like that, I, I I get such a buzz out of it. 
Yeah, oh, I mean, there's some fantastic achievements there. Thank you, and 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 some lovely uh, reflections as, as well. Uh, so we've heard about Matt's uh, you know career and 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 progression. Look back at the past. That brings us nicely up to the future. All right. So um, people have been saying you know for years that traditional TV has been dying and or dead, but at the same time, it feels like we are in a golden age of content. There's so much choice. As also so much great content. What's your view on the health of the industry right now? I think it's about to be supercharged. I think actually COVID has meant that there's, there's been a, a kind of um, an energy that's built up, which is about to be released. Um, and so, you know, I, don't, I never really like the, the term golden age because I, I, I think it's, it depends from who you are and where you're looking back from in time, uh, really. Uh, and there are, there are different ways of defining that. But I think we're about to go into, personally, I think we're about to go into, in, into a very creative phase of, of content. I think it'll, it'll change again. Um, but um, I, there's never been more content made. And actually, there's never been more higher quality content made. Um, I think where we've got a challenge is, of course, with the, the kind of tectonic changes in, in how content is delivered and, and viewed. Uh, there are so many options uh, and there are so many kind of uh, sort of conflicting um, uh, conflicting changes and, and uh, energies actually and strategies uh, uh, that I think that will take some time to coalesce around in, into something a bit more predictable. It's, it's a very vibrant time and that has its has its opportunities and its challenges. Absolutely. And, and you know, touched on the technology side, it's been evolving so fast in recent years. So we were curious what aspects from, a, I guess, a content delivery perspective have proved most beneficial, especially in light of the last 12 months? Well, w without a doubt, you know, having had, you know, quite a few years now of everybody talking about cloud and, and you know, really the word cloud should be taken out of, of anyone's kind of in the sentence now because it just is how technology is, is delivered but that you know that has meant that remote working plus streaming is you know you can you can it just wouldn't have been possible without that so i think that's that's probably the one of the biggest um technical drivers of of how we go about our business and how how our content is consumed and sticking on you know the, the kind of the last 12 months and you know it's been such a turbulent strange time for us all given the kind of the impacts of covid and having to change your organization very quickly to remote working and remote operations all that sort of things what's been your biggest learning from a, a people or a leadership perspective um that i think and well that it was not so difficult uh, you know to to do that and technology plays its part in that uh, and, and, and things like cloud and remote working. Um, I think the importance of metadata are also around, around that as, you, as you're not able to be in the same uh, physical space uh, is, is really important. Uh, but from a leadership point of view, um, I think the focus on culture and values uh, is, is important and really far too important to be to be taken lightly i think that you know someone once said to me that it is when when you meet your biggest challenges that that's when you sort of dust off what you think your values and and culture is and that helps you give you 
that core strength, if you like, to be able to make make decisions. But when you are not together, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've come into the office today, actually, just by coincidence, first time I've been in for five or six months, and I just realised how much I miss our office. I love this office. Um, and it has a power for our business. You know, it is it is the gravitational pull for our culture, really, and, and our sort of familiarity and our connections. And without that, you're, you, you're sort of doing it with one hand tied behind your back. And so actually the focus on, on culture and values, I think, is has been the biggest lesson. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, uh, I, I mean, one of the reasons I love working at a is because it's, it's always been quite a priority. And, and that really helped us all actually have the right conversations in the right way. Uh, but also be honest about where it wasn't working and when we you know where, where things were struggling. Yeah, love that, and um, and I completely agree. Those companies with strong cultures will undoubtedly have done the best over the last twelve months and probably have the most um, the most bright futures. So, talking of future, uh, back to you, Will, for some more questions around that. Thanks. What do you think the the future holds for the consumer experience, and, and what technologies will influence that? Hmm. So I, I think AI and metadata will be because I think the idea of discoverability and personalization will become will become ever more a focus uh, and will evolve very quickly. Uh, and I think that gives the chance for the consumption of content to feed back into the production of, of content. I think that's quite an interesting idea uh, and something people are going to have to find a balance actually about around you know creativity versus you know sort of insights um i think you know 5g is going to be one that everyone had to think quite hard about what the influence is but there you know there's there's you know streaming um and mobile use plus 5g suddenly gives you a whole different experience uh and and commercial model possibly actually so i think those are two areas that i think um are two could end up being two quite key factors uh, f- for the, the consumer experience. Yeah, and, and there's there's been, of course, there's been struggles within the industry recently, you know, low ad revenues, um, limited live production. But where do you see the greatest opportunities, maybe in terms of the, the services, the maybe even the geographies, the regions in the future? Yeah, I think that absolutely that the, the ability to with confidence, you know, deliver content to a, a cohort of people are going to that we we know will love it and they are appreciative that it's ended up with them, I think, is is going to be one of the big op- opportunities, actually. And also about different f- ways of partnering for distribution as well. That's another big another big opportunity um, that the traditional lines of the supply chain you know it's that that's kind of being already being smashed up and rebuilt but it but it, it's certainly being rerouted you know quite quickly and 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 people that were you know for for a long time where you were pretty sure where they were in your value chain either side of you or above them low you whatever suddenly that changes and that that i think that's another big opportunity mm. there's uh, i'm thinking about the the younger demographic matt and i think about you know short form video and 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 even and even gaming to 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 a degree do you think they'll have a part to play as well yeah totally and i think and that's that's you know when i talked about metadata and ai i think that's a, you know there mm. are all sorts of businesses uh, um that are 
constantly producing new content and that that's going to be that's going to have to be thought of very differently for those platforms and those you know to be relevant uh, and in, we know what the competition is there but also in terms of you know these extraordinary archives that many many companies are sitting on how, how do we surface the data to be able to understand you know what value that could have and what imagination can we apply to, to that to create something new out of it so i think there's a I think there's, there's there's two kind of dynamics going on there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, well, thank you, thank you, Matt, for some some great insights and, and opinions. One thing we would all uh, like to see more of in the industry is is diversity. What's your take on how we as an industry can encourage greater diversity? So that when we talk about culture, that's that's you know we our business had had a big moment with that. Uh, and and you know there was a an employee-led group formed very quickly formed last year uh, and uh, called called belong and it, and you know we realised that you know from a metrics point of view it might be that we're we're kind of ticking some good boxes in terms of diversity but it was the sense of belonging and the inclusivity that we needed a lesson on or you know to be challenged about um, and so. I work in technology operations, and I think that that's probably even more challenged than than perhaps some other areas of of uh, of the business of the industry, and and so that goes back to you know education and opportunity. But it is about being brave about the about the conversations and honest about the conversations you're prepared to have within your business, um, uh, and that everyone realizes that it's a process and a journey. Um, rather than a big bang or an implementation, like it's it's got to be part of the fabric of the culture of the business that you do. So there is a filter across that, that doesn't need, in, in in a way, doesn't need a special team in the end ultimately to do that because it becomes part of how you do it, and that takes time. But it also takes uh, you know both leadership and and um, you know all of the employees to be conscious about it, um, and that takes practice. And in terms of the the gaps, you know, you kind of alluded to, um, you know, the bit within kind of technology and operations. Where do you see the biggest gaps, um, and how do you feel that those can potentially be addressed? I guess across the wider industry. Uh, well, I think that you know, I think that in terms of, sort of pure engineering, there's there's always. That, that's, that's always struggled to, to be diverse, I think. Uh, and, and that probably goes back to what we're telling our kids at school in some ways. And, I, and, and, and that's not passing the buck, but it's just, you know, I think we need as an industry, I don't think any one company is going to solve that one, but you, you do, and, you know, whether it be recruitment or HR or, you know, but those having partnerships sort of, sort of horizontally, um, throughout you know throughout those journeys that people might take to end up in those in those businesses but there's also small things that you can you, you can do which is you know how are you writing your job description you know and and have you got someone that doesn't need to be in 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 your technology teams that can help you understand actually the messages you're putting out there without you really realizing that you're putting out those messages so it's just about being conscious about it, but that's what I think. Technology does have a bit of a. I mean, even not that anyone's been to IBC for, for a decade now, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, you just got to walk around that that place to realise that we haven't got it right. I, I completely agree, and I think that there's so there's so many different facets around it. I, I do completely agree on the 
on the educational side, it, it is clearly a big factor. And I'm entering into the stage where I'm probably going to become more acutely aware of it. I've got three daughters. Um, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to see firsthand, I guess, how how everything works from that perspective and and what encouragement or not or differences and so on there are even at that young age so i totally agree i mean it's a topic we could talk about for for hours and hours it's so complex but it's really great to hear that you guys are are being so positive and at the forefront of of making some changes which is fantastic and um, so uh so back to back to you will for a, a few more questions about matt Yes, indeed. So we, we've already learnt uh, a great deal about uh, about Matt, but our, our listeners are a, a curious bunch, um, so they'd love to learn a bit more. So, Matt, what does the the perfect weekend look like for you? Maybe take us from Friday night through to Monday morning. Um, so so um, this is this is not a perfect, I guess, lockdown uh, weekend. But I, I like coming back on a Friday or just shutting the laptop. Uh, and then, you know, the kids come back from school uh, and then it's about, you know, good food uh, and, and, and a good movie. That's that's Friday without too much pressure. Saturday, out for a bicycle ride out in the country, get some fresh air, see my friends. You know, that's really important to me. Um, uh, and then I think Sunday, probably, you know, we we love walking the dog and all the rest of it, but also finding that listening to music. Uh, absolutely. So. Well, and but also just anything that means I can discover something new about where I live uh, as well. I always find that you know always invigorating about. The, I, I love London and I love finding new stuff out about London. It's it's um it's an eternal city. Uh, absolutely. What what was the best thing you you recently learned about it? Uh, well, actually, um, not something I've learned about, but I, so I live near Crystal Palace and, yeah. and there's there's a, a um, an outside concert venue uh, called the Crystal Palace Bowl. And it's had this it's got this amazing um, kind of stage called the Rusty Laptop because it was this you know beautifully designed thing. And it hasn't been used in 10 years. And we just sort of found out that there's 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 been money now to revamp it. So I, I, I love these kind of like little gems in London that people really care about uh, and can really change, you know, to have that working again would just be incredible, you know, amazing. So. Definitely. And I think it's great to hear someone talking really positively about the, uh, the, the city as well. I think that that's great. And that does sound like a, uh, a, a very nice uh, weekend. So now passing back to John for the quick fire round. All right. Very good. So, um, so we've got a few questions here. Uh, it's an either or option. So you have to choose one. Um, so no clues. And it is very much thinking on your feet. So uh, so off. We, we, we really hope that we were going to be able to change this question, but we're still in it, so we've still got to ask it. So very first question, triumphed in lockdown or failed in lockdown? Triumphed. Good. Uh, builder's tea or a flat white? Builder's tea. Uh, opera or rock music? Oh, uh, rock music. <laughs> uh, pint of lager or pint of ale? Ale. Uh, do the cooking or do the dishes? The cooking. <laughs> Sports car or camper van? Sports car. <laughs> <laughs> City or country? City. Uh, Netflix or Disney Plus? Oh, sorry, everyone. Netflix. Uh, Apple or Microsoft? Apple. Sorry, IT team. Uh, plane or train? Uh, train. Uh, 
movie cinema or theatre? Uh, movie cinema, yeah. All right. Uh, and to finish off, uh, it's a bit of a mean one, BBC or ITV? BBC. <laughs> very good. All right, thanks very much. So just passing back to Will for our final question. Great, thank you. Um, what one piece of advice would you give somebody entering the industry today? Stay curious, begin curious, carry on curious, be curious in the future. Brilliant, great answer, thank you. Oh, love it, thanks so much for your time, Matt. Really appreciate all your- I've loved it, thank you. No, it's been, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show, so thanks very much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.neuco-group.com. You've been listening to The Tech That Connects Us.